Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, uh, a podcast uh, where we cock up the first recording and then we have to do a second one. And then we talk about the first episode of a TV show as if we know anything at all. <laughs> My name's David, and this week, exploring the classic of classic uh, TV uh, tropes, I suppose is the word, uh, where we're going to harness the, the, the power integral to a successful TV show to spin off quantitatively worse TV shows with shakier premises. It's, it's the tropiest of tropes that ever troped. That's what this is. Uh, I'm Joe, and I always find what I'm looking for. It's a fact of nature, like the world turning an internet porn. <laughs> it's like internet porn line. So this week, uh, we watched the... We watched two things. We watched the um, backdoor pilot for the <coughs> TV show The Finder. Um, which was spun off from Bones uh, for some reason. Um, <laughs> Question mark. The Finder. Yes. The the Finder. So we watched two episodes. We watched the Backdoor Pilot, which was a season six episode of Bones, mm-hmm. which I believe aired in 2011. Yep. Uh, and then we watched the first episode of The, the Finder, so Finder. Our, our sort of classic podcast pilot. Which was um, 2012, I believe. Which aired the following year, yeah. Yeah. Um, both on Disney Plus in the UK. I don't know how you might watch these in the US. Or I mean, don't watch them would be my advice. But um, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, I mean, we're the ones who watched this, so you know. Yeah, I mean, subjecting just, ourselves to just, just, just to average clarify, TV, so we, you don't we, have I don't, to. I don't think either of us have any plans to watch more of the actual Finder. We've both watched more Bones than we probably should have done. But uh, as far as the Finder goes, I don't think either of us have any plans to uh, to, no, to watch. No, uh, we should yeah. say. This only got. This is a in the again rich tradition of spin-offs. Uh, this got thirteen episodes. Um, I don't even think all thirteen of them aired in no. a lot of places. Um, I think they might have done in the US, uh, mm. but internationally, like people aired the three episodes and they were like, oh, "This is trash." Yeah, it's pretty. Um, and they kind of dropped it. Um, so Joe, with Sam being absent, are you ready to tell me about? The Finder. I mean, the plot summary just tells you everything you need to know, really. A reputable Iraq war veteran, which, can I just say, I'm not sure this guy's reputable, but anyway, let's get past that. Walter Sherman... I'm not sure, I'm not sure we should be attaching importance to the Iraq war. (laughs) Um, I don't mean to, I don't mean to talk down to soldiers or anything, I'm, you know, soldiers are doing what soldiers do, but really it's not like a Vietnam war veteran or a World War II war veteran, I mean, Bush's oil (laughs) wars don't don't really on that level. Maybe on a Vietnam level, of like it's, it's the most recent bankruptcy. though, you know, people remember it. It is the most recent. Yeah, got to go with that one. So a reputable Iraq war veteran, Walter Sherman, terrible name, suffers from a brain injury due to an IED blast. However, this bestows him with unusual investigative powers to help people solve their intricate cases. Don't worry though, um, his brain injury does not affect his pretty face. <laughs> Don't worry about that. This guy's head of hair is oh, glorious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of American Dad. There's that episode with Mind Quad. Um, <laughs> Mind Quad. <laughs> yeah, his arms and legs weren't blown off; they were blown in. Whereas this guy, um, this guy, could found the ability to find things somehow. Um, yes, which they talk about an awful lot. The power to find. They say they say the title a lot, like yeah. that old Family Guy joke. They said it. They said the title. <laughs> it's Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Um, we should talk about the back backdoor pilots, maybe just yes. a little bit, um, as it's a term I don't think we've used before. No. Um, so a backdoor pilot, um, as we kind of alluded to, is um, when an episode of a TV show within its normal like season run 
uh, basically will introduce new characters, a new setting, in an attempt to gauge, because they can look at the Nielsen ratings for individual episodes, or they could, you know, certainly could in the past, um, in an attempt to gauge, like, whether the, their audience would be interested in watching that spin-off. Mm. Um, I think, like, a you know, a good example of Backdoor Pilots... It didn't necessarily get their season. Um, is the Office the US version? Yep. Um, there's an episode of that where uh, the the, ep- in the the Black Door pilots are always weird, by the way, because it's basically like it's a TV TV series you love, but it's not an episode of the TV series you love. It's basically an episode in which the characters in the TV show you love cameo in a different series. They, they introduce the new TV series, effectively. I think the other exactly. one that kind of kind of comes to mind for me is, yeah, it's maybe slightly different, but The X-Files, The Lone Gunman, they kind of have a spin-off TV series. Yeah. And, and they're introduced in The X-Files. I don't know that it's necessarily a backdoor pilot, but I think the finale of the TV show is an episode of the they're X-Files. They're kind of like so it's, it's they're kind like of a, like running they're running characters in the X-Files yeah. before they get their own series yeah. I think and which I think, is a way think, of doing it. I think the finale is an episode of the X-Files. So I think it's yeah. almost like a backdoor finale I guess. Um, I haven't got <laughs> I, there yet. I don't even know how we would quantify that for for the podcast Joe. <laughs> um the one we'll try, the episode of the office I was thinking of is um called The Farm. Um it's quite a season 7 episode I think uh where Basically, the studio were thinking about uh, spinning off uh, Rain Wilson's character, Dwight, into his own series where him and his brothers and sisters, who were introduced in that episode and never mentioned before or since, like they inherit a farm, so they have to run a farm. And, like, basically, the audience were like, nah. It, it sounds no. pretty, pretty. Yeah. Shit. Um, yeah. So, that's that. Um, there's, there's been other, from... other examples Supernatural of. Supernatural did one, I think. Supernatural did one, yeah. Um, that vampire TV show did one called The Originals was a spin-off, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what the name of the initial <laughs> initial TV show was. I don't think it's a Vampire Diaries, but it's no. like one of them vampires. Star TV Trek, shows. Star Trek, the original series did one with um, a show called Assignment Earth. I've never seen it. I have no desire to see it. I vaguely remember the episode, and it's weird as hell. It now makes sense. Yeah. Backdoor pilots are always weird and distracting, just like the opening to this podcast has been. Um, so we're going to talk about the the backdoor pilot first, the, the episode of Bones, which means we're going to have to talk once again about Bones. You know, which Sam's is um, do you know what Bones is, Joe? Bones is like it's not quite a guilty pleasure because I don't feel any guilt for enjoying Bones. <laughs> However, it's not. It's not amazingly thoughtful. I think there are good, excellent episodes of Bones, mm-hmm. but I think that, like, it's quite a trashy, fairly, like... It's not you know, good it's TV. It's a forensic soap opera, It's entertaining it? TV, but it's not good TV, is what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's entertaining. It's, but... um... Exactly, it's a police procedural, but they're forensic scientists, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, and again, so anyways, tropey. It is pretty tropey. Fairly tropey, yeah. Yes. So in the, I think in the season six episode of Bones, um, Aurora Borealis and Budget Deschanel, as we've discussed previously on the podcast, go back and listen to that episode. Um, episodes, probably. Probably, Aurora <laughs> Borealis and Budget Deschanel, uh, they uh, they are they find a body and um, they've they've been murdered, which is the standard. Every single episode of Bones starts in this fashion. It's murdered, but it's always like they always find the body in a state of like you know, there's like no, 
no skin, no organs or anything. It's just a skeleton. Oh yeah, it's never just a body, Joe. It's no. always like a fucking yeah. disgusting, like. Yeah, and I think they're in the Everglades, inducing... I believe, in this one. I think they're in yeah. the Everglades. Um, and do they find a map or like they some find sort of allusion part to of treasure? A map, and that's where that's where the finder comes in because Booth has run into him previously. He was he was hired to hunt down Booth when so. Basically, Booth went MIA when his son was born, um, so he could see the birth of his son. And the Finder was hired by the FBI to track down Booth, um, so that so that they could get him back to work. Because you know, you can't go see the birth of your child in America. That's just ridiculous. Don't be stupid. You've got to work, man. Yeah. Especially when when you're in the army in America, you fucking we own you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's basically not quite, but that's kind of where. The, the Bones characters' kind of involvement begins and ends. Yeah, they go to this. Um, they go to this bar that the world, the end of the world, or something. I keep wanting to say the world's end, but that's I think Shaun of the Dead, isn't it? It's um, so inconsequential <laughs> what this bar is called. Honestly, like, um, not that I don't love uh, a procedural based in a bar. Um, that, by know. the way, never has a single customer in it at any point in the two episodes I've seen. It's not that kind of business, Joe. It's one of these shady, like, um, rural America bars, which, um, you know, <laughs> is a front for something. Uh, it's very strange. So, yeah, they go to them and they're basically like, oh, Booth and this guy have beef. Uh, what's his name, Joe? Walter Sherman. Yes, is, Walter is, Sherman. Is the guy, he's the wonderkind, he's the... Uh... He's Sean Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, as the series tells us, he's the brain-damaged Iraq war veteran <laughs> who's got a magic power that allows him to find things. Um, okay, TV executives, fine. Yeah, it's that's that's basically the entire th- premise of it. And the 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 woman who's in the Finder episode constantly goes on about how like you know they should get him to go and seek help for his injuries because he's clearly you know got brain damage. Um, but like yeah. he, he's like, oh no, it's fine. Don't worry, I can find shit now. It's great. They never really make that clear. They're basically like, he's got brain damage, which makes him really clever. And I'm like, does that that doesn't really sound like brain damage. No. So much as, like, brain upgrade. Yeah. Fucking ID go off, and I can suddenly, like, find all the keys that I've lost in the last six months. Fantastic. (laughs) Don't think you can find those. Jesus. That'd be impossible. No one ever finds keys. Um, in the in the uh, backdoor pilot, we should say that um, there's there's a cast change between the backdoor pilot and the pilot pilot. Mm-hmm. So in the backdoor pilot, we kind of have like the gang of the Finders gang. You've got the Finder, um, and then you've got Michael Clark Duncan, who plays his uh, legal representative or something legal legal representative slash legal bouncer advisor. slash yeah, he, like no cult, legal professional right hand man. Yeah. He's basically just the guy who's there to threaten or like cajole or beat up and, or and Michael like, Clark Duncan's that guy who's used in that role like throughout his um, career because you know he is big um, and he's actually a really good. Actor. Like I've said before, like he's a he's a oh hey it's Michael Clark Duncan. Last yeah. say hey it's that guy. He's, it's like oh hey it's Michael Clark Duncan. He's like, unaccountably in this thing. Green Green Miles probably his most famous role or you know that's the one he's kind of more more known for. Um, John yeah. Coffee. Um, and yes. then you've got um, his. Um, He's female, kind of. I don't know if she's the bartender. I guess. Um, who's, she's the sexy foreign yeah. um, insult to British linguistics. She's more English than English is ever Englished. To be honest, with her accent, it's like so. She's pronounced. Cockney, Joe. She's Cockney, but she's American Cockney, which is nothing <laughs> like real Cockney. But no. it's like what Americans expect Cockneys to sound like. Yes. Unfortunately, America, most of us sound like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's her. Saffron Burroughs plays her, um, and she wasn't picked up for the series, which actually, actually, Good I call. think is a 
really good shout because good this call. accent, this <laughs> accent was a lot. This accent also, was a lot. The character's kind of dull, and I think you needed a few more cast members to kind of. It's your typical Joe. It's your typical like, oh, she's an edgy woman. Oh, she's seen some things. Oh, she's got all these skills. Like, there's a trope. <laughs> You could spend days going through TV tropes just for mm-hmm. tropes in this backdoor pilot. Yeah. Um, let's run through Joe the rest of the plot of this backdoor pilot, including um, can we just like fit this in here, like a an appearance from Danny Danny Trejo? What the hell's he doing here? Yeah. Just just, just randomly. Oh, no Joe, way. he has the most credits of anyone. I know I he think, does, but it always IMDb. surprises me to see and him in things. There's a reason for that, Joe. It's because you ring him up. You're like, oh, do you want to be in? And before, <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm there. Don't when worry. is it? You just, you just, you just put that. I take on. my coffee. I take my coffee black, two sugars. Great, perfect. <laughs> we'll see you in the morning. Um, um, so in this episode, essentially, they're like they're contracted by Booth and 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 Brennan, the main the characters FBI, from the FBI, to like track down this map, and essentially they solve the murder in this episode that that mm-hmm. we would usually see our characters solving. But, but he, um, he does it well. He, he does, but he like at first he finds the other part of the map, finds that it's it's the real treasure map, and then he says that's where his um, thing ends because the um, the agreement was that he'd find the map. There was nothing about solving the murder uh, in the agreement. So um, yeah, and there's a weird like bones in this series and a little bit before maybe gets quite moralistic about certain things about like yeah, um, especially soldiers and like. There wasn't a load of that in this episode, but especially the military, like Bones and the Finder, have such a fucking rock hard dick for the military. Like we're gonna get an explicit tag on YouTube, but like absolutely rock hard. I mean, like even fucking... even I've not got as far as you have in Bones, but even in like the first few seasons, like Booth, Robert Bobby Alice character is just like. Anything to do with the military or the police or anything to do with in the, like in the confines Christianity, of Bones, though, the, the characters that we know and love are totally okay torturing somebody <laughs> if they've crossed the military or something. It's mad, absolutely baffling. Like your mm-hmm. country, blah blah blah, patriotism, traitor. Anyway, that's less important, but we get a lot of that in Bones, and this is kind of like the, the peak of this. So the Finder cast when set against the bonus cast are kind of like they're edgier you know they're they operate outside of the law a lot more mm-hmm. so they eventually find the woman with the map and they say she's here and then the bones lot they find her body she's dead oh no and then the finder comes in later on with his gang they find the treasure they find the murderer and then they literally like drive a white van past the front of the Bones building, like, throw the murderer out onto the street and then, like, drive off with all this treasure or something. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange episode. It's, it's very extremely odd. weird. Like, the whole plot of this episode is just... It, it's baffling. And, like, the, the whole concept of The Finder as a TV show is just weird. Like, you, you know... Do you know I, what I'm... it needs, Joe? Do you know what it needs? <laughs> it either needs to be cleverer, it needs to be, this guy is fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Like, like Psych is a great example. Either this guy needs his brains broken in a way that, like... Is he, you know, like, is he some kind of savant? Like, if he's a bit weirder, like even maybe Brennan in Bones, if he's a bit, like, kind of, kind of, Maybe something like social. a little bit like, like, like House... I'm thinking of like yeah, yeah. Gregory House or um, like or a... Monk. If you've seen Monk, that's like Bit. another good like um, idea of that. He needs to be that, or he literally it literally needs to be magic. You yeah. know, 
It's that, and they don't he, go into. He that. literally has magic powers. They don't even go into that. It's just kind of, oh yeah, he he has the finding ability, and like the the thing that really kind of does it as well in this episode. There's like a sort of a subplot where. Bone, like Bones is kind of sceptical. She's like, oh no, it's not going to be, you know, it's not a power sort of thing. You know, he won't be able to find everything. And Magic then... isn't real, apart from maybe a little, a little bit. <laughs> and then he goes like, what have you lost? Anything, anything. And she's like, oh, I've lost, not lost anything. It's like, oh, there must be something you've lost. And she asks, she says, oh, well, I lost it. I think it was like a science trophy or medal or something from like seventh grade or something that she's, she, she lost and doesn't know where it's gone. And he fucking finds it. Just... <laughs> Like from nowhere, just comes back and finds this seventh grade science medal. I wish I could get this dude in here, Joe. I lost a yellow <laughs> Game Boy Pocket in uh, in the North Yorkshire area in about mm, two thousand and one, two thousand and two. You'd be absolutely. I would really love. You'd be absolutely really loaded for back. wireless headphones. By the way, your wireless headphone. Oh, dude, gone. I would have wireless headphones coming out of everywhere. <laughs> I'd lose them so quick again. Um, but then but you mostly, can just go back it's to childhood stuff. I'd love that Game Boy back. <laughs> um, I'd love all the stuff my mum threw out when she moved house. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that. Let's get this guy in here. All the socks. Like, I've got some socks I've lost over the years I'd like back. Yeah, there's... Um, yeah, it's a stupid, everything. stupid power. Um, <laughs> power. They don't even clarify if it is actually a power or whether they're just calling it a power. There's no clarifying of that whatsoever. There it's... isn't, and I think quite intentionally, Joe. Um, we should, <laughs> should mention, I mean, it's not really, like, hugely important... Uh, this is based on a couple of books written by some dude who only wrote these two books. For a good um, reason, by the sound of it. <laughs> that were released in about 2006, just to prove that nothing's original. Like, we can't even spin off a stupid series from Bones that isn't based on books. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean um, when I was when I was watching this, both episodes, all I could do was, like, sit and kind of... It kind of feels a little bit like Psych, but, like, even more stupid... And like you know, he's like a pound shop Sean Spencer, effectively. He's like it's trying not, to be funny. It's not and... as funny, Joe, and I no, don't think it's as intentional. And I don't think it's like, I don't think it's as well made in that way. It's not like, as an audience, I'm not like an ex, whatever Iraq. I'm not an Iraq War veteran with brain damage. I'm just mm-hmm. a regular person who might have brain damage, like everyone else. And like, so they do a lot of things and they're very capable and like you just need to make it a bit clearer for me i'm an idiot i'm watching tv i've probably had a couple of drinks because it's the evening like make me feel clever for like following along your mystery don't just have things happen um the actual backdoor pilot i think is pretty rubbish i I, I didn't i didn't go watch this and then want to watch any more no. um which and- is why i'm surprised it got greenlit yeah, I mean, they obviously hoped, and it's kind of the idea of backdoor pilots, I guess, is that you kind of like, you know, you piggyback off the success of the TV show that you put the episode in sort of thing. So you go for shows that are quite successful, and obviously Bones ran for like 417 seasons or whatever it was. Um, I think it's 11 years. I think 11 seasons over 12 years, I think. Um, more than a it lot. should have done, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, they, they're kind of obviously hoping that this episode would then boost them and get them the, the, the kind of the viewership to follow them over to this new TV show, and... Clearly, it just bombed dramatically, and for good reason because it's it's. I think not good. the core thing is that like Bones is a kind of a CSI era show. I think, yeah. um, like a less, less serious procedural. CSI kind of yeah. Yeah, it's silly and like it's funny, but it's also clever and mm-hmm. like it's a lot of like people saying not not made up words, real words, but like 
made up words um like for bones and things and you know and brennan's he's he can't have any social skills yeah it's kind and of it's kind a of like, bit of like the big bang theory in there isn't there like she's like the, there is she's like the sheldon yeah exactly but there's also like that um that mystery of it that that you know it's a murder procedural like mm-hmm. like psych you know someone's getting killed every single episode always fun um, and some of them are a lot and, darker than Psych and stuff as well, because there's like there's episodes where it's like young kids that have been like murdered by paedophiles and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's this a bit more introspective. In this this did in a weird in way. It's a not it's not a comedy. Bones isn't a comedy. It's a it's a funny like drama. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's a funny procedural, but it's not necessarily a comedy. Whereas Psych's obviously on the comedy end of that spectrum, and CSI would be the fully dramatic end of that spectrum mm-hmm. i suppose yeah like you know in terms of that and i think the, the finder, finder not so much i don't know where that did sits. you did you like this backdoor pilot joe did this no. make you want to watch the no. finder not even a little bit no <laughs> honestly it almost made me not want to watch more bones because i was like what is this about <laughs> what are you doing i mean i guess the end of the episode of the of the bones episode was that they he finds this other bit of the map gives it to the fbi tells them that's it he expects his fee because he's done his bit Bones rails about how it's unmoral that he stops there and doesn't help them solve the murder because you know it's yeah you know he should now be part of the FBI and solve the case. America. <laughs> um, and then he then goes and solves the case anyway um, and catches the culprit um, and puts him inside a box and delivers him to Bones and Brennan. Um, and then so much illegal stuff going on. You cannot. <laughs> just tie up people you suspect of committing crimes maybe in america and put them in boxes no you can't joe there's due <laughs> process know. we have police <laughs> to do arrests like we don't need some fucking guy who you've never seen dog the Bount- you've so- never seen dog the bounty hunter have you <laughs> i have but it's <laughs> it's a bit different joe that's like this guy hasn't got warrants out on him he's just we know we know as the audience he's done a murder but like you know, due process, innocent till proven mm-hmm. guilty, none of that. Nope. <laughs> and there's um, that really stupid scene at the end where, like, Bones is sat there because she's kind of now, because he found this science medal for her, she's now taken to the finder. And she's like, why don't you like him, Booth? And then you get the whole story about how he arrested him for going to see the birth of his son and going, am I? And that's kind of the end of the episode. Um, just ends on, yeah, like... It's- Booth going, oh, it's I don't like It's one of the worst Bones yeah. episodes. It's a real, real clunker. <laughs> and this is always the risk with a backdoor pilot, is that mm-hmm. inevitably it's it's not going to be a well-remembered episode of your TV show because no. you you know you devote so much time to having a pilot in season six. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a good... I there, there, are, there are, pardon me, Bones of a decent TV show in this premise <laughs> for The Finder. Um... I think that, like, the main guy, um, if you can get maybe mm-hmm. get his name up, Joe, the, the actor, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Um, I like he's Michael Clark bad. Duncan. I'm not really sure what his MO is here. Uh, it's but Jeff, I think that, like, Jeff Stoltz is the name of um, Jeff the Stoltz. Finder, uh, the actor um, I think Washington. you could make a show with these two, and um, obviously we talk about the other characters in the actual pilot in a minute. I think you can make a show with these two, but you kind of need to make it wackier. Yeah, you, you need know, to either go like you need to go stupid more or more mystical. serious. They need they need to be like episode one. You know, they're investigating like voodoo going ons in New Orleans, except mm-hmm. voodoo's real. You know, and that kind of needs to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we'll get <laughs> is not that. 
Um, so do you want to maybe talk us through the casting changes for the, the pilot, Joe? Which so is... the, the, the actual first episode of The Finder, not The Back Door, you lose the very British, British woman, uh, sorry, English, English woman. Um, English, Joe, she's English. And she's replaced by two other women. So you have Isabel Zambada, um, who is played by... Mercedes Mason, and she's kind of like she's the booth. She's the she's like the, the I forget what is she in the FBI or she's a cop basically. No, she's a like special agent of some uh, sort, isn't she? Oh, like not the DEA, but like <laughs> um, she's you know like if you're in oh god, why can't I remember the name? Um, she's a deputy of some kind, and <laughs> like she works. She's basically like in charge of. Law enforcement. She's a law enforcement professional. I can't actually remember the title. Um, yeah, I'll look it up now, Joe. If you want to tell us about the other woman, and then the other broken. character, and probably the kind of not the worst character necessarily, but her story arc sounds dreadful just from the one episode she's in, um, is Willa Monday, who again terrible name, uh, and is played by Maddie Hassan, who I've never ever heard of. She's been um, in nothing since. But she's kind of this um, this um, teenager. Um, who is she's the wayward teen, isn't she's she? She's a wayward teen who's forced to work at this bar, the end of the world, um, as, as a chef because in her past life um, she committed crimes. So she has a parole officer who forces her to work at this bar. Um, <laughs> America, that doesn't sound quite legal, but again, who knows? Um, the the other lady in this, by the way, is a U.S. marshal. Was the word I was trying to think of go. earlier? She's like a. She, and she has. She's not the FBI or anything, but she has vague powers and she carries a gun. She gets a gun. Um, That's the important thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, she's like the. She's the person who presumably gets them like access later on. Presumably, is using all sorts of corruption to get them access to files they shouldn't have access to and things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The 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 girl. What was her character name, Joe? By the way, it's sorry. Willa Monday. Willa. Which, um. Yeah, dreadful name. She's. It's a weird character where they obviously decided that rather than having Michael Clark Duncan and uh, the main dude and, you know, um, this, like, uh, what's the word, um, quirky British sidekick, they decided, right, we need the legal professional. Mm-hmm. And the kid is kind of like a, we need this kid to... They need another what, story arc in there. To hoover so the bar out? They obviously, needed, <laughs> they obviously needed, like, the, you know, the professional agent or whatever because they need somebody, as you say, to be on, like the side of the law that gets them out of sticky situations um, and gives them access to things they wouldn't have access to. Um, and then you, they, they kind of obviously thought, well, we need something else. We need another sidekick, somebody who we're less sure of. Um, and that's where that's where Willa comes in. Um, yeah, and she's a she's Romani, I think, yes. is the, the yeah. in-universe like plot thing. So um, it's a lot. You get a lot about this character in this first episode. So, right, let's. how many fingers have we got? Um, so she's working at the bar uh-huh. under duress because yes. the US government caught her stealing, crimes? Stealing a number stealing of times. Drugs, she, she, she's something. got stealing on like X number of times. Basically. She's done crime. So therefore, she has to work at this bar in yeah. a swamp, um, a which has no customers. Yes. Um, again. With these with this guy with with this, you know, Iraq war veteran with brain damage <laughs> and this and this and this legal advisor, this legal advisor, and this this deputy marshal who's like hanging around for whatever. He's also reason. sleeping so with she's the forced finder. to do that. He's also sleeping with the finder. We'll get Joe. We'll get to that. So number one, number one, like, is she getting paid? Where is she living? 
Um, she lives in the caravan. There's a caravan there that she lives in. She is 18, though, isn't she? That's like established. She's not literally a child. I don't don't know whether they establish what exactly her age is. Um, She better not be a child because this is messed up enough. (laughs) And then, anyway, so then later on in the episode, we get the. She doesn't really want to be there. You get the adults talking about she's going to run. She's going to run away. You're like, right, okay, I'd run away if I was forced by the government to work at a bar in a swamp. But then Michael Clark Duncan um, gives her a wind chime and she kind of has that, you know, like the. The second thought is like, these guys care about me. He gave me a wind chime. Holy fuck. Yeah. And the other things we get told about her character is like, she's done all these crimes and stuff. And also, guess what? She's a she's a negative stereotype about um, the Romani people. Great, great job, 2012. Is it, it, there's there's uh, Uncle Shagrat or something like that he's called, isn't it? Is it essentially, Sh- like, and I don't, this is what, and again, this is, these are not my thoughts. This is what the TV show is telling us, is that this girl and her brother like they're basically in the Romani Fagans like gang and yes. they have to steal things. So <laughs> he's like, twist. Come on, we're gonna steal everything that's not nailed down and we're out of here and she's like, I dunno, these guys are my friends and I kinda wanna stay here and he's like, No, he'll slit our throats. Get the stuff, let's go. And it's kinda like, could we not? Like, why does she have to be Romani? And that's fine, she's if she wants to, if she if she's Romani, like representation, but like no, not all Romani are thieves. Can we stop television? It, eight years, eight, nine years ago this came out. Can I also point out that her like probation worker is like the biggest bitch who's like, she pulls around every single like day or more or less like trying to catch her out committing crime. She's like, oh, I'm going to send you back to the big house. You're going back to prison. I'll catch you one of these times. I know you're still a criminal. Like, great. Aren't you and supposed to be helping to fucking get out of it? Is, this attitude is insane. And kind of like what I was talking about with Bones of like this you know, um, this, like, execute people first, like, ask questions and prove guilt later mm-hmm. attitude that Bones has towards crime and towards criminals. And, like, this is the same. It's like, fuck you. You were going to steal that chewing gum? Well, guess what? You've got 40 years of hard labour <laughs> in the tropics. Yeah. And you're like, this is... Un- like, let's rehabilitate this woman. We are not rehabilitating this girl. She's or teaching her, like, how to be a functioning member of society yeah. by... Forcing her into injected servitude <laughs> in a bar with with two. I feel like we've got. I feel like we've got hung up on this with, um, with two very questionable characters. Can I just say as well? It's very stupid. <laughs> it's very very stupid. So anyway, the, the start of the episode. Um, I think it starts with like a, a case that's not really involved, doesn't it? It's a guy who's stolen a guitar, and he's like he's running away trying to get away with this guitar and you hear footsteps chasing him and he has a gun and he's stood there like trying to find where his footsteps are he's hiding around a corner and then like he has to get him closer and he goes turns around the corner and starts shooting and it's like this robot with shoes on its feet making this this got a laugh this got a laugh out of me it's so stupid (laughs) it's ridiculous it's it's a robot with like slapping feet it's like make anywhere near the right the, the finder the, the finder runs up behind while he's focusing on the robot steals the case back off him with this guitar and runs off <laughs> with this guitar case and obviously runs out into this hall and there's the marshal and she shoots the bad guy or threatens to shoot him unless he surrenders which he does um, and that's kind of your introduction to the episode I think um, well, it's a classic sort of thing like in terms of for a minute, let's just forget the backdoor pilot. And in terms of like a pilot, like this is what they do. This is mm-hmm. just Tuesdays for them. Like we're 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 doing capers, which I do enjoy. I do enjoy a TV show 
we meet the characters, we get them established, like, you know, this Marshall, she's not a woman to be fucked with. The finder's a bit of a weird guy, he's a bit creepy. <laughs> he's not uh, Mac- 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 is... don't you dare don't you dare say anything about it. Oh, Mac- shut Mac- up, Mac- Joe, fuck them. Um <laughs> So we get all of this and like I said it establishes like this is this is what we do. We do we do thing. We give we do jobs. I'm not really sure why or what anyone's like ultimate goal is or why Michael Clark Duncan is letting this guy run this shady business out of his bar. Wait, he has, he has, his, he he has his little um, quip as well, doesn't he? He's like his little tagline. Like whenever he's thinking of going into a situation, he'll talk to Michael Clark Duncan and be like, "What if I do this?" And he'll go, "Oh yeah, you know, this is what might happen." And he'll go, mm, "I'm going to risk it like, every time." And he must say yeah. it about like six times in the episode. Um, I bet it gets tiresome, and there's not really does. a lot for Michael Clark Duncan to do in this. It's a real shame because, like, <laughs> because he is the advisor, and he's like, the, yeah. "Hey, bro, I wouldn't do that," or like, <laughs> you know, and then he ignores him anyway. Yeah. Or he's like, "That man, Walter Sherman, is a is a saint. He saved my life, and I'll I'll stick with him for." It. And you're like, "Oh, fucking shut up and do something, <laughs> my lord." Um. So this is so the actual episode. Go- um, it, it's a young kind of. I think it's RAF, RAF, not RAF, obviously. Yeah, he's in the, he's uh, in the Royal American Air Force. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the RAAF, Joe. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, um, he's a pilot uh, in the military, um, and he he's um, at tra- he's, at, he's at, um, he's at Air Force training school. There we go. He's a cadet, I think. Um, and his father was a pilot. Um, and has gone missing. Um, they don't know where. There's no sign of him. So he asks um, the finder to find his father, effectively. Um, and uh, he, he like ums and ahs over taking the case. But it turns out that he actually knows this kid's father from when he was in the military. Yeah, and, and that's, like, oh, why, was, that's was a... why the kid comes to him as well. Yeah. He didn't just like look in the, me- the, me- the yellow pages and go, Dad's lost. He needs finding. FFF. Finder! Great! There's one guy. Um, it... Like... One yeah, guy, that the, was the, the dad has mentioned the dad has mentioned like uh, Walter Sherman yeah. from his military days. So he's like, right, help me. And like you said, initially he's like, nah. And then you're like, isn't this what you do though? Like, find things. <laughs> this is your job, and it doesn't look as though you're doing anything else. And there's this really weird scene where he has this stupid fucking vault that's opened by some like magic door handle thing. He doesn't believe in banks or safes or things, so he has like this really weird like key that opens up a drain cover. Um, and he climbs down into. Um, it's really, really weird. But then he takes on the case anyway, um, and he starts looking for this guy's son, uh, this guy's father. Um, and yeah, hilarity ensues, or oh, not much hilarity. Well, this is what the weird. This is the thing I wanted to get into, Joe. In that, like, he's not that clever. No, like, he's not figuring stuff out. So, the to, to to you, our imaginary audience. So what he does is. Um, the dad who's gone missing. Mm-hmm. He's retired from the Air Force and he's basically like, he's flying a small plane around because, by the way, don't fly small planes around unless you want to be killed. <laughs> so many, it's a really easy way to be murdered, guys. Like, so many small plane accidents. Anyway, and, uh, so he's flying this plane around and he's gone missing. And I think you can probably know, guess what's coming in the plot anyway, even if we even yeah. before we say it. What does a person with a plane and a license flying around America... Have a guess at what they're going to come. What comes next? Exactly, but they know they know where the plane was last in contact with the ground, um, and that's basically about it, really. It and just disappears so from radar, doesn't it? They're working on the assumption that he's dead. Uh, the finder does a bit of digging. He goes to the airbase, 
with his military ID, expects to get in, and the guy's like, well, obviously you're retired, so <laughs> get out. Yeah. Um, they don't like this dude. They then decide that essentially, like, the dad must have been smuggling drugs. Doing right? Yep. Again, the finder hasn't used his finder power to figure any of this out. The only the he's only bit the that he's used was he went to the airfield. Says, he went to the airfield, and it was a kind of an airfield that's not used that regular. But he uses his like logic to work out that like the rubber on the tarmac showed that it was used very frequently. So the guy was like saying, "Oh, it's used like very rarely, like once a month or something like that." And he's like, "Oh, you know, all this rubber that's not from once a month. That's been used constantly." And then from there, it's a straight leap to drugs. Um, so he deduces but like again he's not using his finder power so much no. as his eyeballs yeah um like again let's have this guy just be really hyper observant and a bit of a savant and like he's just clever and he can make logical him, connections you want him that... to be sean spencer That's, you want exactly. him to be signed exactly but he's not joe because no. it's all easy he's a finder so what he does <laughs> is he's like right drugs and then so he goes to his deputy marshal mate and he's like um He's like, right, well, um, it's this drugs, airfield. so yeah. it's going to be... Who's it going to be? And she's like, oh, well, there's this one big drug dealer. And he's like, great, let's go and see them. Like, <sighs> and this is this is the bit where you find out that this marshal and the finder are sleeping together as well. Cause, oh, yeah, because um, you get like a, a primo raunchy scene where she busts out of this trailer in um, mm-hmm. quite sexy uh, lingerie mm-hmm. with a gun um, to threaten these uh, guys. This is a dark pl- subplot. So they're asking questions, and so the, so the drug dealer assumes that they know something about where these drugs are gone. So she sends some uniformed, and we'll get into that in a minute. Really some uniformed, uniform. uniformed thugs to like beat up somebody at the bar to try and find out what's going on. Um, they're beaten up and arrested. Like great, and then this drug dealer, like what's what she say? Um, put heroin in their IVs, and they're dead. <laughs> Oh yeah, so we'll put heroin in their IVs this morning. They're both dead. <laughs> and that's just a throwaway line. So the finder, given that obviously he's the most genius person in the world, he says, right, I'm going to take Michael Clark Duncan, I'm going to take this this US Marshal, and we're going to go... So private planes, we're going to go onto this boat to meet this drug dealer. Who turns out to be like just this random woman. She's um she's that English actress and she was in Hustle the Hustle the U the UK heist TV show and she was also in Dexter which I know you didn't watch Joe but she was in Dexter for a, in I watched, season I watched like the first three seasons of Dexter something like that didn't she's I, in so? she's in Dexter she's like a love interest but this is a person this is an actor who's like been in some stuff um but they're on the boat to basically like he's using his super fabulous finder power um, to say Jamie Murray Jamie Murray. Yeah, um, he like you know she works. I don't think she's maybe like an A-lister, but she's in lots of stuff and she's doing her like sexy British thing, and that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but they come onto the boat. She's learning to play trombone. She has more of these uniformed uniformed guards. It's like a video game. They're wearing um, it's like a suits. yellow sort of. It's like a it's yeah, like a, a flannel, yellow tracksuit. Tra- tracksuit, but like yeah, quite but they're all they're all wearing the flannel yeah. tracksuit and like. I'm not a drug dealer, um, <laughs> honest FBI. Uh, but if I was, I probably wouldn't insist all the people that work for me wore like a very identifiable uniform. Like, you know, if all of my staff have a badge that says, "Hi, my name's John, and I'm a drug dealer, and I work for drug X. dealer name." Yeah. Like, you know, 
fucking, you know, drug megastore, you know, Drugsco's, um, Druggison's. Uh, <laughs> Drugface from Drugton. Drugsbury's. Like, it doesn't matter. The it's drug like, district. maybe, hey guys, there's two guys in yellow jumpsuits out there. Do you reckon they're the drug dealers working for that woman who only employs people <laughs> who she insists dress in yellow jumpsuits? And like, yeah, say, I think you're onto something. Um, and they so also, they're on the boat. They also go onto this boat with this very dangerous drug dealer who's already killed two of her own henchmen. Because they could, you know, um, kind of give her up. By the with... way, by the way, a crime they are not interested for a second no, in solving. No, no, like it. it's not even explored. <laughs> this 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 legal professional, this U.S. marshal, is like, I don't give a fuck. They were your guys. You're like, uh, what? Like maybe let's stop looking for this guy who's disappeared and maybe solve these two murders. We could probably quite. You'd think they'd go with a little bit more backup than like one U.S. marshal with a gun. Yeah, and also one of these other henchmen should be like. Hey, did you kill John and Frank? Like, they're dead. Do you kill John and Frank? <laughs> Me? Frank no. Frank was my best man. <laughs> you know, like, mad. Anyway, but again, TV show, not interested. Don't worry about it. We're moving on. Um, And then it kind of moves on on that scene where, like, she basically denies any knowledge of what's happened. Although I think she tells them, because he, he kind of asks them where the peanuts were headed for, doesn't he? He goes peanuts were being delivered you get a funny scene where he's about to say uh, drugs, drugs basically or whatever type of drugs it is I can't even remember oxycotton I think yeah uh, oxycodone and um, and he says oh well where's the and Michael Klotnick goes peanuts. peanuts and then she goes well there wasn't any and he goes peanuts and then they just start referring to it as peanuts and it is a bit funny yeah. like you know so she tells them okay. where the peanuts were going and then promptly just throws them off the boat in the middle of the river. Um, Do not ever, ever get on a boat or a, or a small plane. Honestly, you're asking to for nasty things to happen. Yeah, like it's, never it's not a very safe environment, especially with someone who you know killed two of <laughs> her own people that very morning in a pretty horrible way. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's, it's just a bit much. Well. Yeah. Um, so um, from this point, so we go work from. Out. Um, where the plane was flying, and um, they know that effectively... But they can't, Joe. Like, they sit down in the bar, and again, he uses his finder power to deductively reason which direction this guy was flying. No, they, they know where he was heading, so they know roughly where he was going before he disappeared. And then yeah. from there, he's like, oh, well, he dropped down below, was it like 15,000 feet, where the transponder stops telling them exactly where he is. But then if he goes yeah. anywhere else, there's other satellites and things that would have picked him up even at that level. So they were like trying to figure out where he could have gone, and he deduces it from, effectively, if you go a certain direction, um, if there's bad weather, the satellite stopped working. So the pilot had preempted this and flew that exact location. Something like that. Yeah, it's so really weird, essentially, he figures, it, he figures it out. By being clever. Yeah. Like, again, by being like a savant, he figures it out because he's clever. So he goes, no, if I, I was in this situation, I know these things because I'm clever. And a pilot. because I'm brain injured. I know these things because I've got a brain injury. Or and he, know, he or probably whatever. knows the person that was the pilot and knows that the pilot would have planned ahead and would have known this stuff, you know. Yeah. It's the sort of thing a pilot would know, um, as stupid as it is, you know. Yeah. So, and again, this is all fairly... You know, not important because, like, I'm an, as an audience member, just being like, right, he knows it. That's fine. You've tried to explain it to me, but we have to have this emotional down point where they're all certain that this guy was a drug dealer, which is fine. Like, guys can be drug dealers, mm-hmm. and the son's like, I, I can't believe my dad was a drug dealer, 
and like <laughs> I don't want you to find him if he was a bad guy. I'm just because he deals deals a bit of drugs. Um, again, the like the, the black drugs. and white, God, the black on. and white. It's literally not. We'll get to it, Joe. But it's the black and white sort of moral <laughs> tone of this. Is like, oh, he's selling like he's selling drugs in. I think it's in Haiti, Haiti or something. Haiti, yeah, like Haiti. in it's a. Basically, it's not. They're not selling heroin or cocaine. What they're selling is like medicine, and like yes, sure, smuggling medicine into but a place. It, it, that's the thing. That's it turns out that he was disaster relief. Smug- yeah, it was smuggling. Yeah, but in. that's immoral. That's immoral. We'll get to that Joe, in a sec. But that's immoral to do that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's also getting medicine to people who need it. So like, yes, it's immoral. But we're not getting people hooked on crack. Yeah, it's not, we're like it's not distributing of anything antibiotics. Like that. You know, you know, we're not doing the fucking. I'm like, not sure you need to. I'm not sure you need to like disown your father's memory just in case he. <laughs> not doing was a Ronald Reagan, a is he? He's not Ollie North. No, God, it's like it's not toppling government. <laughs> um, so you know, it's a bit over exaggerated, really. But they go down and find the like the flight path, and then he he d- goes on this really weird like little craft and flies over the jungle and they find the plane and the guy's dead in the front of it um obviously because it crashed um and then the son kind of appears and starts crying because he realizes because they kind of realize that he wasn't actually doing like drug smuggling in a bad way because that they thought that initially they thought that he had basically fled because he'd been discovered and they thought he'd fled yeah. to kind of start up elsewhere but then they kind of realized that he loved his son too much and would never have done that he would have found a way to get in touch sort of thing um, so they know that he's actually kind of dead, effectively. Um, and yeah, they find his plane, find his body, and then they they kind of figure out who did it because he has like the badge of this. There's also a thing, Joe, where they have to prove that this guy wasn't selling drugs. Like he still was, in, mm-hmm. he was smuggling drugs. Um, but like they have to have a scene where they say, you know, oh, he wasn't taking any money for it. He wasn't a bad guy. And it's like, how do you figure that out? <laughs> But, like, they have to somehow establish that, yeah. that, like, he's not a bad dude. Yeah, sure, he's literally committing the same crime we thought he was committing, he's just not making any money from it. Yeah. And you're like, um, is that better? Yeah. I don't know. And then they managed to find out that it's effectively fought with this um, military commander or major or something back at the, the air base. Um, Who was and... trying to solicit a bribe. Yeah, trying to solicit a bribe. Like any bribe. good, hard-working, corrupt official. And it turned out that he was to blame for the accident because he had put something in the fuel tank that made the fuel um, kind of cut out and effectively caused the crash. But they found a badge off his uniform in the cockpit. So they're like, oh, shit, it's him. Uh, and then there's this really stupid bit where they effectively they take the, the drugs and they decide to um, manage to implicate both this army major and... Um, the boat woman, drug dealer, um, in the same same kind of scoop by they plant these drugs in the boot of this uh, our major's car, um, and then get him to like basically like stab the woman in the back. Um, so you know, oh, they've all up in a really nice tight bow. Um. It's weird, um, and like it's tonally off. It and is. You know what? If this episode hadn't been a I want to be kind here. If this episode hadn't been like about the military and really like flag wavy and 2012, we fucking love the American military. It probably wouldn't have been as bad. And maybe I'm just like key to disliking that because there are things in this that are intriguing. Obviously we mentioned about like 
the characters are okay. The I think actors the cast don't is do doing a bad a, job. Yeah, they're, they're doing a pretty good job yeah. given what they're given. I think they're like, you know, yes, the guy, the finder, <laughs> like we could do with talking about him, him, his finder power a little less. We get a lot of like, he's, he's using his finder power. You mean he's like looking at a series of information and then deducing from that information where something may be. Like that's not a power that's called fucking deductive reasoning, and yeah. we're all capable of it. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't need to be like a soldier in Iraq in an IED blast to figure out things from like a series of information given to me. Yeah, some people are better than others at it. Don't get me wrong; he's probably better than I am. But at the same time, it's not special ability. <laughs> no, and they do lean too heavily, especially the Clark Duncan character. Um, yeah. He, like, he is very much like, oh, you know, Walter Sherman. He's a special man, and I'll almost like I'll a stay with him. He's almost a cultist, isn't he? Yeah. He's like a follower, and it's always a bit like uh, this is odd. <laughs> this is very odd. Yeah, and, and the, the 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 other kind of there isn't like another plot to this with the uh, Romani girl. She's left at the bar at this this teenager left at a bar by herself, and she kind of decides she wants out. And the the only way that Uncle Shagrat or whatever he's called will take her back is if she like robs um robs them the the bar for everything they have. So she goes around the bar and all she can find is no 60, money because they haven't had a customer in six years. And then like she's so this her brother turns up and like is that all you can give him? Oh well, I guess that'll have to do. And then she's like, oh, he does have this really cool vault, but I can't get in. He has this stupid key thing and I don't know how to use it. Um, and she kind of looks at the wind chime and has that moment where she's like, actually, I don't think I want to leave, sort of thing. Um, well, she basically has that like if this was in a later episode. That maybe earned sort of actually, I really like these people and mm-hmm. I feel safe here. And actually, you know, it's quite nice not doing crime all the time. It's going to but be a it happens, plot, though, isn't it? Like through the series, it is, but it happens. Well, the, the brother is like one of the main cast, I think, like in terms of the billing. If you look mm-hmm. at the cast lists, like it's you know, it's the core three, and then these two teenagers are like they're mm-hmm. the cast. So I think that yes, he will come back quite a lot. But it just seems odd, and maybe like this is a halfway through season one, you introduce this brother who's like, "Hey, you can't just hang out here," and she's like, "Actually," and then she has to choose between her family and her new family, and that's you know that's something. But we don't get a lot of that here, no. <laughs> do we? No, it just um, it doesn't really explain anything. Like, there's nothing kind of. Yeah. It's ultimately quite calorifically light as a TV show. You, you do um, actually meet Uncle... It's Uncle Shadrach, not Shagrat, which is probably, you know, probably should have remembered that. Uh, but he's played by Eric Roberts. So, there we go. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a creepy dude who's... Um, I couldn't be absolutely certain, but I think he's on the Hollywood shit list for being a creep. Um, just who isn't, FYI. Who isn't nowadays? Who know? isn't? Um, Eric Roberts is... Um, he's, a, he's a creepy dude. He's in a lot of I things. can see him... He's in... I can see him playing like a Fagan-esque character in this yes. in this TV show. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest with you, Joe. I might watch some more of this. But mainly out of sheer curiosity. And do you know why? If there was four seasons of this, not one more second. But can, there, are 12 more ep- there are 12 more episodes in this. I can, I can, I can this feel Sam's judgment from here. I can, I can feel him. I know. He, yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can feel his hatred. Um, just but do you know what it is, though? I'm really through. curious about like... Does does it get better? Do they figure this out? And obviously, it got cancelled. So probably not. But like, <laughs> you know, you've got the you've got the you've got the skeleton. You've got the the the, the foundations of like 
a TV show that could be something. I like a procedural. <laughs> I like a Monster of the Week-esque. Like, like you say, TV because show. there's only that few episodes, it's like, you've almost finished it. You might as well watch the other 12, you know? <laughs> exactly, Joe. You've already watched 40 minutes. Like, what's, what's, another, a percentage, what's another four you know? or five of those? Yeah, <laughs> You've almost um, there. But it just goes to prove that uh, sometimes uh, backdoor pilots are a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, not all spin-offs work. N- not everyone can be Frasier, you know. Yeah. Which is the most successful spin-off of all time, I think. Quite so. um, yeah. uh, logically, uh, you know, mostly, mostly you've got things like this, things like the Tortellis. It's an interesting. Other, it's an interesting concept. Spin-off. It's an interesting concept. Um, but it just shows it doesn't always work. Um, but generally, yeah. and I think it's something that has maybe gone by the by in terms mm-hmm. of um, the way that we talked. We talked a lot recently about obviously all the Netflix shows we've been watching, and the the sort of transition from like your traditional network shows to streaming has changed how things like this work. Mm-hmm. So number one, there are ten times as many shows out there, yep, as there were ten years ago when this came out. Um, so, you know, they can just Netflix will green light anything for one season, no problem. Um and also like because you what you would do if you were gonna do you wouldn't do a backdoor pilot, what you would do is just spam trailers on yeah. like Netflix would just spam trailers at you. Everyone who logs it would Netflix be underneath like, you know, if you're watching thing. a certain show it would be like we recommend if you like this, we recommend yeah. this sort of thing. Um, exactly exactly um and we do have integrated universes with other things i mean we talked to uh, there's all those marvel tv marvel defenders tv shows like jessica jones yes, and um luke cage things yeah. like that daredevil that are all sort of like you know happening at the same time in the called. same universe God, that's a terrible show. yeah terrible um there's the uh the dc version is like the Arrowverse, uh which i don't i don't think you've seen no. joe but some of those are okay but like they have crossover episodes and it's just easier to do that now Whereas, like, back here with a finder, like, uh, you know, it's just a fairly, I think, average idea for a TV series. Yeah, I'm not totally not surprised it got canned when it did. Um, the other thing, kind of, I guess to mention actually, you know, four months after this finished airing, Michael Clark Duncan passed away as well. So, um... yes, um, which is you know very sad, and he wasn't wasn't that old. Um, Mid fifties, I think. Yeah, obviously, Joe. He could not cope with having a failed sitcom under his belt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was obviously it. That's that kind of finished him off. That's obviously must be it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was the finder. Um, we'll be back next week, where I promise uh, we will once again uh, be watching a proper network television show or Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs>